This episode is brought to you by Spartan Combat. The Spartan Combat Nationals are returning to Jacksonville, Florida this April 8th through the 10th. Wrestle a different style each day at the Spartan Combat Nationals. Register now at SpartanCombat.com. I really like seeing how kids drill compared to just compete. I can watch them compete on flow, um, but I really like getting into a practice and see what if they're they're sitting there putzing around, taking their time in between reps, tying their shoes frequently. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort it humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast presented by Spartan Combat. Spartan Combat Nationals returning to Jacksonville, Florida this April 8th through the 10th. Our guest today is Donnie Vincent. He's the associate head coach at Cornell, Go Big Red. Before that, he was an assistant at NC State with Pat Papalizio. He's the all-time leader in wins at Binghamton. He was an NCAA All-American in 2012, placing third, and he's one of the few men to beat Kyle Dake in college. Donnie, along with a ton of other studs, joined the Cornell program this summer when Coach Gray became the head coach. Really excited to see what these guys have done and are going to do in the future. So thank you, Donnie, for coming on the show. Fan of the week goes to our friend Kyle Jolas. He's a chiropractic intern, a BS in exercise science, wrestling coach. He's a fan of this show. So thank you so much, Kyle, for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. And that's it, folks. Let's get to the interview with the pride of Section 4, Donnie Vincent. All right, Donnie Vincent, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you on, man. I love the Cornell guys. And, you know, I didn't realize that you spent some time at Cornell before NC State. Yeah, no, that's uh, this was my, I guess, my second job. I, I was up here for a three-year stint under Coach Cole. Um, I, I believe that Coach Papalicio actually recommended me to him. So it's, uh, it's just a circle on a circle on a circle. And uh, I'm, I'm originally from this area, um, but yeah, it was, uh, I, I've been here for, for a bunch of years. I'll say that. Nice, man. Talk us through the process of, of getting the call from Coach Gray and coming back to Ithaca. Yeah. Um, Mike and I have always had a, a real solid relationship. Uh, like you said, I, I used to work here. Um, back then, we were both at the bottom of the totem pole. I was volunteer assistant. Mike was uh, second assistant under Coach Han. Um, so we, we kind of built a bond doing all that gritty 
uh, elbow grease work, wiping up the mats every day, running, doing the grocery runs, uh, cutting weight with all the guys and just being punching bags for, for the four years that we were together or however long it was. But we, uh, we developed that relationship. We would always connect at tournaments. Um, he, he understands my humor, uh, like, like I've already kind of mentioned a little bit before. Um, but yeah, he, yeah, no, he, he, he and I always talked about reuniting and uh, we, we enjoy each other's philosophies. We're, we're, we're cut from the same cloth, just like most wrestlers are. But when you want to go and execute someone, you want to have someone that's, uh, that's on that same path and vision as you. Um, but when he called me, uh, I, I was always had the night, an idea that I wanted to get back to, to New York. Um, like I said, I, I am from here and just the, the way that he preached and, and wanted to, he, he pretty much made it sound like I was an integral part of, of what we, we wanted to create together. Again, like we, we've had this vision for X amount of years beforehand. And, uh, when he called it and then called me up and then actually painted it and, and did, uh, his, his voodoo, if that's what you want to call it with all of us. Um, it was, a, it was, a, it was a hard thing to say no to. Um, and then when I brought it back to my wife, you know, there was some hesitancy and, you know, after again, redescribing everything and then my, the longevity of, uh, my, my coaching career and, and whatnot, it was, uh, I don't know, it, it was a once a lifetime opportunity, I would say to get back to where I wanted to get back with a bunch of people that I enjoy, uh, a youthful staff, like Mike was trying to get together and now he's created, um, just a lot of positive things that I, I didn't want to say no to. Was it hard to tell answer? No, no, not at all. I, I want to hear about all the nitty gritty details. Was it, was it hard to have the conversation with coach pop? Yeah, I owe my entire collegiate career to coach pop. Um, I mean, back when I was originally coaching here at, at Cornell, I would call him up to ask for outside advice. Um, he's one of the best, right. And I, uh, I always am open-minded to, mentors like that I try to leave all of my doors open um but yeah I went to him with the opportunity he said he actually he actually called it uh he's just like yeah there's some rumors that some coaches are leaving up north have you had a call yet and I was just like no I haven't and then literally within that week he called me and then I walked into his office and he's just like yeah I kind of know I knew this was going to happen at some point um he knows how close I am with my family uh we're we're I mean, geez, he's been up to my house a dozen times for barbecues. All of our events were, were there when he was head coach at Binghamton. I was an athlete for him. Um, it was a hard conversation to say the least. Yeah. But I, I do owe a lot to him and, and a lot of my philosophies that I'm, I'm trying to preach come from him. So. Yeah. I'm excited to, to get into some of those as we move through the conversation and just kind of understand your approach to coaching. But you know, for folks who don't know, you're a New York guy, uh, Whitney point, small, small town in New York. Talk us through some of your early experiences with wrestling. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Uh, wrestling was dropped in my, my school district in Marathon. That's where I actually started out. Um, my dad and my best friend's dad decided to start up wrestling again while we were both in peewees, and we were the first generation pretty much to re be, 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 be at that level every time uh, when they decided to make a varsity program while we were in sixth or seventh grade, we were the managers that when we were on varsity in eighth grade, it kind of just exploded from there. Um, I've had a lot of different hands in developing me. Uh, I got to give that to those guys for, for starting everything and, and getting that drive. And then she's, uh, I want to say Scott green had, had a huge hand um, with the Shamrock club. I was probably involved 
with that program from 12 to 18. Um, being able to come up to a facility like this, the Freeman Center, having Coach Cole come in when he, he was still in his spry years, uh, showing his foot sweep series. Um, yeah, uh, I, I guess a lot of guys between that six and 12 year old self, uh, I, I've had a lot of hands in it. Um, but then when I hit high school, um, I really started to migrate toward Scott Green and Joel Ferrara, who's a, who was my coach at Whitney Point. I actually ended up transferring in 11th grade to go uh, be under Ferrara. Um, that was my first real technician that really just was just like, this is the art of wrestling, go enjoy it, all that good stuff. Scott Green was always my, this is your mental game, you, you know, make it, make it fun. Um, and now, yeah, that's a, that's the situation that I'm in. And then in college, Scott was the coach at Binghamton with Papalicio. Uh, that's how I, yeah, he was there for two years, I believe. So that was his second step. Yeah. So when I was a sophomore at Binghamton, he took the SEM job, um, right from, uh, geez, not Sinead before, uh, Shamrock Wrestling Club and Binghamton. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he, he had a bunch of, uh, us local guys from Shamrock at, at Binghamton at that point. So that was a super easy transition for me. I've always been a homebody. Um, coach Papalizio, he's a New York guy, an upstate New York guy too, to, to really put it in perspective. There's a, there's a big difference there, but then, yeah, then, then I go into all those different mentors, coach Papalizio, coach Cole, um, Dennis Papadatos, Frank Beasley, all those guys have had a hand in my, my collegiate development. Did you ever consider going to Cornell from the, from the jump? You know what? Not really. Um, I was just, I, I, I guess I was, in my mind, I was always a little bit more blue collar than I, than, uh, than most. And then, uh, you know, that, that's what coach Papalicio always preached at Binghamton. He's just like, you're not, you're not cut for that. You're, you're a different kind of breed. You, you're sitting there on the, on the farm throwing bales of, of hay in, in the loft. And uh, you, you're, you're a Binghamton guy. You're, you're not. And then uh, again, with, uh, with uh, coach Green down there, it, he kind of uh, reinforced that, that idea. Um, my dad wanted me to give it a shot for sure. Um, but no, I, for some reason I did, I never thought I was going to end up here. And then when I did get because, or start wrestling at Binghamton, I was just like, Oh, that's our in-state rival. So we're going to, we have no shot at really beating them, but we like to make that, uh, that claim at the time, at the time. Yeah. Look at your, uh, if you look at the guys coming up through New York States in your era, you know, you famously wrestled Kyle, Kyle Dake in college and handed him one of his only losses, but he's a New York guy. You're a New York guy. Um, you know, I don't know if, uh, Frank and journeyman had started yet, but I mean, New York wrestling really was coming on strong at that time. Yeah. Well, I, I actually like to talk about that. Uh, I think it was a 2005 section four class where it had, um, Mumbolo, Nickerson, O'Connor, uh, the Jones brothers, uh, Brian Dinehart was in that, that era. Um, geez, Trevor Franklin. He, he was a three-time, I think D3 national champ. Um, Jeez, yeah, the, the the area when I was growing up with it was just out, outstanding. And then, uh, yeah, Kyle after me, um, that that what Scott did for Section 4 in Shamrock, um, it just united it. everyone really had. It's, 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 it's interesting to think about New York, but it's called sectional pride. So we're all from Section 4. We have a sectional club. We used to have freestyle sectional duels, which would be Mohawk Valley in Section 3. Atwa at the time was uh, the big one in Section 2. And then Frank ended up coming through with, with Journeyman. Um, but I, that, uh, that was a great time for New York wrestling. What about the guys down where like Jesse Jansen's from? What part of the state's that? 
that's Long Island. That's section 11 and section uh, nine, I believe. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, I'll tell you what, when you want to talk about uh, sectionalism, that you, you can't get any more different than upstate New York and, and, and Long Island downstate. <laughs> and then uh, that, that Westchester area who say that they're upstate, they're, they're not really because we still consider them down part of the island and the city. It's, uh, it, it's something else. But Coach Batrovich, he, I, I remember the, the big teams down then, there. Uh, what was it? Waiting Shore River. That's where Jansen's from. Uh, Islip, I think uh, the Patroviches were from there. Mm-hmm. Chris Iorio from, jeez, uh, what? I, I can't think of it now. Sachem, Sachem East, something like that with Coach Ramaswamy. All those guys, we were able to connect at Fargo camps, um, especially in that area era. And man, when uh, we would all get together, the fur would just fly. Then I don't know. That, then you would get that that Fargo State pride behind the sectional pride behind. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that when, when I was wrestling Fargo, New York was the Greco, they were the Greco champs and they played second in freestyle. We, yeah, we had a bunch of studs at, at that, that time. I didn't realize how deep the sections ran and like the numbers oh, and dude. Yep. So, so yep. what about like, uh, what about Yanni and Vito's Yanni? Like, uh, he was an upstate guy and Vito's, a uh, a down South guy. Yeah. I think Vito was section nine. Uh, that's, that's the, that's Nassau County. So that's closer to the city. And then, uh, Suffolk is, is further out in the state. And then Yanni section five, that's, uh, they've always had rich tradition, uh, both, both sections. Um, I would say that section four probably is, a, a, it takes a little bit of a dip, but we're, we're all decent, but I, their, their connection is, is just wild. That's just the two dads really love the sport and they're just, we're, we're going to be best friends and our, our sons are going to be really, really good at wrestling. So how can we help each other? Yeah. I mean, I, there's not a bigger fan of Yanni and Vito than, I mean, I like to think, I, I mean, I, a lot of guys are, but man, I freaking love those two and spent some time with them this past spring at the trials. And I'm just so excited to watch them wrestle and just the way they wrestle is so fun to watch. So w- when you guys were coming up, where would you do Fargo at Cornell Fargo training camp? No, it would be Johnson city high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that would be 81, 88. Uh, these are the, the roads that would all connect in, in that area era. Um, it was like college dorms yeah. you were all staying in there or where'd you guys crash? No, at? I, I think it was like a red roof inn or something like that. And it'd be probably a half mile walk to the school, whatever it was, it was super illegal. I'm sure there, there's all sorts <laughs> of violations now, but, uh, we, yeah, it, it was like literally just the, the, at the bottom of this mountain is where we were staying, uh, right next to like the mall, the Wegmans, the grocery stores and stuff like that. Kids would go make their runs. And then three times a day, we would go and hike up this mountain to practice with uh, all of our workout gear on kids are falling down, tumbling through the woods, trying to get it there, get there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, then we would walk into Johnson city high school and they would have like eight mats laid out um, different sessions, depending on what you were doing. Greco would usually have one session in the morning, then two freestyle. Then there'd be a separate one. Uh, all cadets and juniors were, were together. Um, but that, I, yeah, that, that Fargo camp was something else. Uh, I never went to any other camp. I, I didn't go to uh the West Point camps or the Cornell camps or anything, that was the thing that I would do every year. Um, and then when you firsthand get to see you guys like Troy and JP and, and the Jones brothers go and scrapping and they're literally letting it all fly and just doing amazing things. And then they go out and back it up on the Fargo stage. Um, that, that was super inspiring uh, as, as someone who wanted to, again, with uh, do the, do the, the sectional pride, be like, those guys are good. And they're good. Like right here. And, uh, literally I can be at their house in 15 minutes. They could be at my house in 30 and it's all united at Johnson city. So that was, a uh, that was, that was something else. There's nothing like those Fargo camps, man. 
I, uh, that, that'll make you or break you. I'll tell you. It's, dude, uh, my first year that I called, it was like I was a freshman. Mike Poeta was the team captain and like Jimmy Candy strutting around, just smashing heads. And I'm like, God, dude, this is so intense. You know, you never are that close with them until you're, you know, you spend a, a week at, you know, ours is at University of Illinois and you're in the dorms and you're really going, like you said, three times a day. And I was a little farm kid. So it's intimidating, man. The first time you get there. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, especially when they're just like, Oh no, we've, we've heard of you. You're going to be all right. Um, it, it, uh, um, that, that stuff like that, it really changes uh, a kid, you know, um, seeing those guys and, and again, go, going back to like their work ethic, Right. So I, I'm sitting here from a, a school that graduates 55 a year and I, I'm, a, I'm a big fish in a little pond. Then you go and see someone that actually works hard. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's a, a continuous part of growth. Uh, you go into your, your varsity room and you're just like, Oh, wow, this is much more intense than my, my junior high room. Then you go in as a freshman, right. And that freshman year, the first six months, if you're not getting the tar kicked out of you, it's uh, it's something, but it, every time that, that that's thrown at you, you're just like, wow, this is what hard work is. This is coaches and twisting your leg when you're just like, no, this is going to be some of the, the, the hardest stuff that you, you go and get to. I couldn't make the the next jump into that, that freestyle stuff. That was a little too hard for me. Um, but yeah, that like uh, watching guys like Kyle and uh, his progression from him being five years old to every single tournament in the, the area to, I mean, it, it, his mentality has always been like, no, this is, this is it. This is my path. I'm going to go and do everything this way. It's, it is interesting. And you just went to not just, but in, in the fall, you went to the worlds with the, uh, with the Spartan combat guys, right? Like Dake and Yanni and Gwiz. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That was, uh, talk us through that experience. Oh gosh, you're, you're hitting me with all the good ones. All my, my first times. Uh, I, I'm not a, a, an international guy. I, I had been to Turkey once. I didn't like it at all. So I was just like, all right, I'm made for the States. I'm not, I'm not doing any of this stuff. And then, uh, yeah, Gwiz is just like, you're my coach. You're going to come with me. Um, which is fantastic. Right. When you start a new job and then the, the first month you're on the road for a month, it's a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good transition for you, but me and Mike, we, we've had a connection, so that was easy. I knew who Frank was. Um, we've we've talked multiple times uh, in passing back in the day. He was actually wrestling at Cornell while I was at Binghamton, so we've had a little bit of a uh, little bit of flavor. Uh, I recruited Yanni my last year here, so I had that relationship with him. He was also coming up to the RTC since he was yay high. Um, it was exciting, you know, going overseas in a new. I don't know, part of a chapter of your life, I guess, and uh, in, in starting out with a bang like that. Um, it, that was something else. It, it, it was just like, wow, this is this is the real deal. Mike brought, brought us on and I'm immediately helping uh, our guys represent the the United States. And and uh, again, that that's that next jump that I was just I knew about it, but I wasn't aware of watching guys like Kyle and Burroughs and, and David and, and, and uh, Snyder, all these guys just be like, no, like I'm, this is this is how we operate at, at the highest level. I, I've always had a flair of it with Nick, um, which I think that he's, he's a crazy person, but I think that everyone at that level is, and they should be. Um, but I was just like, wow, you're crazy. And, and a lot of people around you are crazy, but it's the appropriate crazy to get you to, to your goal. Um, the food was awesome, right? You never hear that when you travel overseas. So I was, I was dreading that. And then I was just like, wow, they've got hot dogs over here. I'm, uh, I'm going to be okay. Dude, is, you belong in Chicago, fun. my friend. You, uh, Dude, 
the fact that your favorite food's a hot dog and you're like kind of like a homebody like me, dude, you belong in the Midwest, my friend. Uh, that's funny, <laughs> but I, Mike, so Mike and I were flying back from a recruiting trip this year and it was probably nine in the morning and uh, we, we landed in Chicago. And he's just like, what are you going to get? I'm like, honestly, I'm probably going to get a hot dog. And uh, he's just like, you know what? That's really gross, but uh, uh, I can do that right now. So we ate a hot dog at nine in the morning. He's like, how often do you do this? <laughs> and, and I'm like, uh, I shouldn't tell you that uh it, it's it's bad but every time we're on the road you I, you know you gotta stop at a gas station that has a nice flizzy rack uh they've got to have the the stuffed cheese brats uh hot dogs all the condiments that you want it's uh that's a good time right there now i'm getting pictures taken of me on the, on the road and catching myself eating, eating all these things <laughs> our our kids start to trash us and then uh what are you gonna do what are you gonna right? do life on the road how so how often are you on the road recruiting in the off season in the off season ooh like every that's tuesday a, wednesday thursday one. or so that that's uh i'm trying to get in a, a lot of camps and clinics and stuff like that during the week i would say i'm probably on the road once a week whether it be it's much easier here since we're in driving distance if i i'll do a, probably a 3 hour trip uh once a week there um cadet duels is huge for me fargo's huge for me all the championships with these guys, U23s, uh, the trials, they usually have some sort of, of high school division with them. So I'll be able to sneak over, watch some wrestling uh, on the other side, come back, coach our guys for a good bit. Um, but if I'm not on the road or in some capacity recruiting once a week, uh, that, that's usually pretty, pretty weird in the off season. Um, and like our, yeah, coaches I, I going, our coaches going anymore to like, just like, like the random dual meet on a Thursday to watch some guy they're recruiting or they spend most of their time like running like a camp on a Saturday and kind of backdooring their in the way in that way. Yeah. Um, camps and clinics, th those are, those are, I would say much more bang for your buck. Uh, you get to build a relationship with the coach, a group of kids, not just one kid. Mm -hmm. Um, that being said, you know, you, you go out to a duel and just go and, and watch this guy and then you're able to talk to them afterwards. I think that that does mean a lot. Um, and again, I'm blessed with uh, such a hotbed in, in this area that we we are able to do that. But the majority of my stuff is yeah, trying to get into those clinic rooms. Uh, I really like seeing how kids drill compared to just compete. I can watch them compete on flow, um, but I really like getting into a practice and see one if they're, they're sitting there putzing around, taking their time in between reps, tying their shoes frequently. Um, if they go and let it fly, right. If they, if they get taken down and then just shake it off and, and not let that ruin their practice. Uh, a lot of mental cues, uh, that, that I start to notice while in the, in the practice room. And then that's even bigger and better when you're at a Fargo training camp, um, seeing these guys, how they handle their weight cut, how focused again, they can be, how disciplined they are with their diet. Um, if they take a loss, what's their rebound like, do they just let that ruin their entire tournament again? Um, yeah. And then the parents that you get to meet on the road, they're super grateful for all the stuff that we do. And I'm like, Hey, this is, this is my job. I love doing it. Um, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, this is why I do it. It's a, it's a, it's a good time. And during the, during the season, the life of a, of an associate head coach, you're mo mostly in the room focusing on the current season, or are you still doing traveling and recruiting during the season as well? Um, I would say that we just took a dip in our recruiting after Ironman and, and Beast and stuff like that. Now it's, uh, it is much more hands-on in the room. Um, I guess that uh, we're such a, a young staff 
that uh, we're, we're known by the, the the public and stuff like that. But you know, for us to actually be like, hey, we've we've got this resume for for just us. Uh, we we want to get our, our our name out or our brand out. So we, I think that we we hit a lot of recruiting in the in the front end of this season um, and kind of set that that foundation for what we're going to be able to go in and just dive right into. Um, then again, I think the best recruiting is just having a, a knockout NCAA team, right? No, hundred percent. That's uh, when you go and have your hand raised multiple times at the NCAA tournament, your your top ten, top five, bring home a trophy. I think that's the biggest recruiting tool that you can have. And then you make all these cool graphics afterwards and send them all, <laughs> all over the place. But absolutely. And so you uh, obviously that's that's your world now, and you're you know totally you know immersed in the coaching world. But you know, rewind back to your time at to Binghamton. You get there. Coach Papalizio is, is starting his career, kind of putting the pieces on the board. And, you know, he talks a lot about recruiting guys who live the right lifestyle off the mat and that, you know, you really got to embrace the training. And you alluded to it earlier, you know, just how rigorous it is. But like, just talk us through kind of the first couple of months of your time at Binghamton and what were the learning curves there for you? Yeah. Um, Again, Pat does a fantastic job of recruiting that lifestyle. I, I, I didn't party or anything like that in high school. Um, he did a lot of detailed work uh, about digging into that type of information, talking to Scott Green, talking to my dad, talking to my high school coaches. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I graduated from Whitty Point, but I am from a smaller town. They got more cows than, than people. Uh, the whole town's under a thousand. Um, getting to a, a campus that has more kids than your entire town. That's a little intimidating. Uh, both my sisters went to Binghamton. So that, that was, that was something else. Um, yeah, the, the, jeez, ah, it, it was, it was different, man. You, you know, you, you th- again, you, you do pretty well uh, in class at, at a small school and then you get thrown into these things that uh, again, have 400 people in your, in your lecture hall. And then you're just like, wow, no one knows who I am. No one really cares if I'm going to be successful. Um, it's, it's, it's just a dog eat dog out there uh, type of situation. And, you know, when, when that first semester goes and you're just like, wow, I didn't hit all of my goals. I'm getting beat up in the wrestling room. Um, college isn't fun. I, I watched National Lampoons. I figured that I would have, you know, done something crazy by now and been, been arrested. And uh, you're just like, <laughs> this, isn't, this, this isn't what I thought but it's exactly what I signed up for if that makes sense mm-hmm. um and then when again you know everyone has a a, a slip up once or twice uh when 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 I mean I'm thinking of, of one story now when uh we, we we never did anything crazy we weren't huge partiers or anything like that there wasn't any partying so the the, the crazy stuff that, that I'm thinking of was uh my freshman year right after preseason uh all of our guys would go in and, and meet at the dining hall right before anyone else got up because we're, we're crazy wrestlers and we're done by seven o'clock and we're sitting here feasting ourselves and, and celebrating that we just got done with it and it's all the guys on the team and one of our guys goes and takes an eclair and he just throws it and it sticks to the ceiling and he just like looks at us and he's just a crazy person and then he just runs and the dining hall that we were in was actually connected to my dorm room so i'm just like oh man we're, we've got to scram i guess and I go get into the elevator with my other buddies that live in the dorm, drop down. And then there's just a custodial worker. They're just like, hey, just let you know, we saw that. Like, why did you guys do that? And I'm like, I don't have a good answer for you right now. We're just delinquents. Like, what can I do? And she's just like, no problem. Like, uh, you guys are all set. I, I was just like, wow, that was a, a really drastic way to handle a situation for us being stupid and young. Then the, uh, the next day we get into practice and uh, Pat's in there and you know that there's something just off. And uh, he's like, did you guys have, do you guys have fun? 
and we're just like, what are you talking about? Yeah, we had fun. We just finished our preseason. And uh, he's just like, well, you're, you're, you're not done. We're just like, what are you talking about? I was like, I got an interesting phone call from uh, this dining hall. We understand that you guys did this and you know, it's, it's fun and games and there's laughter to it, but there has to be some consequences with you guys doing that. And he put us through the, the most intense workout ever. I think there was a plate run in there. Uh, there was a, a soccer field practice and then on top of wrestling. And by the end of it, we're just like, wow, yeah, there, there's, this is, this is, this stuff's kind of real. And then you, you know, afterwards and geez, that day, you're just like, <laughs> man, that, that day you're just like, Pat, why, why, why would he ever do that? What a, what a, what a jerk. Then the next year, all you guys are just sitting around. Remember when we were stupid and we did this and then Pat did that, man, we deserve that. Then, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I try to share that story with, with all of our guys, because again, every year there is one mess up there, there, there has to be some sort of consequences for, for, for that type of situation. But I think that at Binghamton, we were a little bit more intense than, than most colleges. Um, but that's what we needed. Uh, again, that was Pat's first, first time at the helm. Uh, they, he had a lot of microscopes look, looking over him. Um, and that's, he, he created a monster at Binghamton and, uh, you know, it, it, then he went, did it again at NC state. And I was fortunate enough to, to have that. And, when he did bring me on to NC state, he had all the same exact rules and everything like that. I was just like, yeah, I get all this stuff, guys. I just came from a program that didn't do that. And I understand that, that philosophy as well. Um, but yeah, let's do a big difference between the Rob Cole philosophy and the Pat Papalizio philosophy. Yeah, there, there really is. And it's not, uh, it, they're this two different institutions. You can't have one philosophy at one and at the other. Um, the Ivy League, you know, they're they're hardcore academically. You know, this is hey, we're here for for some some not not different reasons. Everyone wants to be successful, um, but it's a it's a different athlete that is interested in, in this type of group, um, which I enjoy as well. Right uh, when you talk about recruiting, I really enjoy niche recruiting. I like saying, hey, this guy's focused in the classroom. He's got world Olympic dreams. He's got the these goals. Or when you go and talk to someone who's just like, no, I, I I'm a really hard worker, but I understand what my ceiling is, right? I think that we we get a few more of, of those at, at this at this institution. Um, there, everyone, it, it is different, man. I'll, I'll tell you, there. Uh, That's what I love about coaching them because there's no one one way, you know. And there's like, not, there's if not. you're not being yourself, the kids are going to know it, and they're going to sniff you out really fast. Like if yeah. you're you're trying to be a hard ass and you're not, or or if you really are a hard ass and you live your life like that the kids are going to respect it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Imagine, imagine me and like, you know, now we're, we're about the same age and uh, you know, we have our day, we we're adults. We have things going on throughout the day that are good and bad. And then you're Pat Papalizio and you get a call that all of your wrestlers just threw in a clear at the ceiling. You're like, what oh, the man. hell are these kids doing? Dude, I could only imagine it's uh, I've got a story for you. Hit this me. is, this is, this is pretty much, uh, my, my experience or my relationship with Pat in a nutshell. Uh, so I had just placed at the NCA tournament, Binghamton just took 14th or whatever it was. Um, so yeah, a fantastic uh, performance by us. You know, Nick was a freshman, uh, it's at St. Louis. Uh, we're getting ready to go to our flight and we've got a night flight out of St. Louis quiz and I go into a gander mountain and uh we're sitting there trying to kill time and nick's just like you want to get an airsoft gun he's like i've wanted one we'll go and have fun for the next few hours he's like yeah no problem so we go and buy these airsoft guns my girlfriend who is now my wife was with me she's just like hey don't do that uh 
I'm just like, what are you talking about? I just took third at the the national championships. Binghamton is now on the map. Like I'm celebrating. I'm getting this airsoft done. Like I said, we we celebrate in different ways, right? Um, and I, where we get on the plane, uh, I put this thing in the the check bag and the for the school. Nick does the same thing. We land in Binghamton at like midnight, and my girlfriend is on the next flight in, which is probably a half hour after us. And uh, we're we're gonna go, and I'm gonna take her home, and. Uh, that's it. That'll be the end of the day. So everyone departs. Nick Pat's just like, Hey, one more time. Congratulations. Good job. Uh, I'll see you on Tuesday, whatever it was. I was just like, all right, let me get my airsoft gun out of the, the bag. He's just like, all right, sounds good. So I take it and I go and holster it, my, my side backpack. Right. So I'm sitting there in the lounge at the airport with a, a what looks like a, a legitimate gun, but it's, it's not, it's an airsoft gun. And I look like a wire right there, like doing cool tricks. I'm thinking that I'm the only one in here. Right. And my wife gets off the, the plane and uh, she comes in and she, we go leave and leave. We walk to her car, which is stuck in there uh, at, at long-term parking. And as we turn on the car, we just see this cop car going whipping and like does a fishtail at the exit. And I'm just like, oh man, like, that's crazy. I wonder what's going on here. Then someone goes in behind the, the exit. And then by the end of it, we've got every exit surrounded. And I just look at my wife and I'm just like, what did you do? Like, you just got off the plane. Like, what could you possibly done on the plane where we need all of Binghamton's police department here? Uh, they go and they, they, they uh, start shining their lights at us, tell me to get out of the car and keep my hands on the hood. They're like, do you have a weapon on you? And I'm just like a weapon. I'm like, Oh no, don't worry guys. I, I've got a, an airsoft gun. I know what you're talking about. I'm an idiot. Can you please go and like figure this out? They go and search my car. They detain me. They, uh, they, they charge me with menacing in the, in the, the first second degree or something crazy like that they slapped the cuffs on you they oh man yeah I, I was in the back of the car for probably two hours while they were trying to figure out what the heck to do with me uh my wife is calling up my parents who are still in st louis my parents wake up uh they call up pat and pat gets up out of bed he's just like what are you talking about how is he arrested right now uh it, it was just madness but yeah basically they they uh they dropped all the charges they're just like it's not illegal you're not it's it's not illegal to just be an idiot so yeah, that, that, that's the situation, but talk about highs and lows and, and me just constantly stressing Pat out and he, he comes back, lands, has the, the best finish for, for a team at, at Binghamton. And then boom, the guy that just placed high is in the slammer and he's calling up all of his friends trying to get me out. But uh, it, 12 hours later, he's getting 12 hours later. 12 They're hours like, later. we could, the cops are like, we don't believe that this kid is just this careless. Like he has to have yeah. some kind of intent. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yep. Yep. Dude, that's such, that's just typical life though. Like anytime there's always just highs and lows like that. Right. And it's just most of the time things you do yourself to bring it on. You know, it's, it's, oh, uh, man. we can all think back to things like that. Hundreds of them. Um, and dude, you seem to be pretty, uh, pretty mild in the grand scheme of things. You know, you're just having fun and yeah, man, yep. that that's crazy. And so did you ever think, you know, as you're going through your senior year at Binghamton that you might stay on and coach there or were you bummed out when they, when you eventually had to move on to Cornell after you graduated? Cause there just wasn't any openings. That's a good question too. I, so I, I never thought that I'd be a coach. I actually finished my undergrad, um, my, my two senior year. And then I had another year of eligibility and I was just like, what the heck am I going to do? Like, I want to start to focus on, uh, philanthropy or, or, or public affairs or something like that. What um, article I read, you said your goal was to be an athletic director at a college. Yeah. So I, I, I started my master's program, which was student affairs. And I was just like, how do I 
take what I know and already apply it into something that I, I would enjoy. And I've always thought that I'd like administration. Um, I've always liked government, um, so on and so forth. So I was just like, oh, this is a, an interesting path if I, I, I do want to become an athletic director or, or move into admissions or, or something like that. And I've got a, a large umbrella of uh, different groups that I'm associated with, uh, different backgrounds, um, majors, right? I've got a pretty good understanding of, of what it is to be a, a college person, right? Uh, just regular student. Um, how do I take this and, and apply it to, to something that I enjoy? And then when I did, I mean, the 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 only shot for me to get my my master's paid for was to still be associated with the wrestling team. So then I, I was the grad assistant there, and I was just like, man, take a step back and like understanding true psychology of what's going on behind these kids and applying it to myself, uh, like where I struggled, right? Like a just mental awareness, uh, you know, talk, talking to sports psych and stuff like that. I was like, this stuff could have really helped me. Um, and, and not just me, just, just everybody, right. I'm, I'm not just a one person that this is i I'm not an outlier, right. More people than I, I realize need this help. And now I am gaining this type of the skill, right. Um, how do I go and apply it? And then coach Derlin, uh, I was under him for the two years there. Uh, he's just like, dude, you're really good at this. He's just like, he, he really opened me up to really, start thinking about the sport in a different way. It's just like, no, you don't need to go into the room and kick the crap out of somebody every day and just smash their face. You need to do that, then build them back up, tell them why you did it. Um, yeah, it, it, it was just different. Uh, again, that was sports administration. I, I really didn't like the, the field to start. And then again, once I started to apply it in the real life scenarios in which it was coaching at the time, I was just like, wow, this is this is what I want to do. And I, I know that I'm building relationships now uh, within universities and stuff to possibly make that jump. Uh, that's not going to happen for a long time, you know, but uh, I, I do like to, I, I do like what I'm doing. It, 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 that's, uh, that's the coolest part. And not knowing that I enjoyed something that I've been doing my entire life this much and then just having that eye-opening experience just getting on the other side of it not being an athlete and being a coach it was it was something cool so what was like what are like the the turning point moments that made you reconsider it was just was it just that coach Dernlin you know, had some positive words for you and you never really thought about it until then yeah his point of view his perspective um was just cool I was just like wow that's uh that's different and I I definitely see what you're talking about um Cody Reed, he was my first, uh, I guess, like true athlete and one of my best friends. He, he was in my wedding, uh, getting him to the round of 12 his senior year. And if you could, if you saw this guy, you'd be like, how is he going to wrestle at the D1 level in high school? Uh, he, he grew up in the area. And I was just, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll be the, the most honest one with him. I was just like, dude, you can't tie your shoes. Like, come on, what, what are you doing in this room? But he's the one that just chipped away, chugged along, ended up being a multiple time uh, national qualifier, round of 12 guy at 197. Um, but seeing him go and make these jumps and then at the end of it, you know, just collapsing and crying and just being like, coach, I let you down. It was just like, wow, I, that's incredible for me to be able to impact these guys like that. Yeah. I've known him for 15 years, but it's, uh, it's something else. And then, uh, you know, ha having Pat as a, a first time college coach and him just being always, oh, 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 this is the way that it's going to, going to be. And then you breaking down, not getting your, your goals achieved and, you know, time after time. And then he's just the one that, you know, sub so like, yeah, picks you back up when you're just like, how, how's this guy that's that intense have that, that little weakness in his heart. And then when you do accomplish your goals, it's just like, oh man, finally, oh, this, uh, this huge buildup. 
um, it, it's cool. But yeah, that uh, it, it was interesting to see that transition. And, and then, yeah, I, I owe a lot of that to Matt. And then you go and get to Rob the, the next year, who's just a completely different animal than those two, right? It's uh, it's cool to see, like you said, there there is no right way. There's lots of ways to do it, but you can be Who's successful. Your biggest, when you got to um, <clears throat> when you got to rally in 2017, and you had spent three years with Cornell, absolute killers in the room, and you're learning from one of the great program builders of all time, Rob Cole. What was your like biggest takeaway when you got to Pat? And you're like, man. I got some new skills under my belt. I want to show you coach pop. Like what were some of the big takeaways from spending that three years at Cornell? Individualized attention. Um, I, I think that's where, where Cornell really makes their most gains. Or, you know, um, if you were, if I were to tell you to tell me what Cornell style is, what would it be? It just seems like I always just think everyone has kind of a, a funky, unique style. You know, the, the, the big guys are really tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never seen so many tall upperweights as uh, the Cornell yeah. guys, but yeah, just, uh, yeah, there really is no one way, you know, you don't think no, about it like that. That it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. And then me growing up, I was just like, okay, Oklahoma state, I'm going to be level change. I'm going to be firing off high, high shots. Uh, Iowa, I'm going to go and pull on your head or just big 10 in general. Right. And then Cornell watching them, I was just like, Cam Simas is hitting funk rolls and, and making people exhausted and drooling all over themselves. And Kyle Dake, you know, he he doesn't get scored on ever, right? And Mac Lunas, all these greats and everything. They they were all really, really good at wrestling and in completely different ways, right? So Rob was just like, Yeah, we spend a lot of time with these guys. You know, they they have a really strict class schedule. We have to work them into our schedule, or we have mm -hmm. to work ourselves into their schedule. And and Mike does a nice job of of uh implementing that now as well right he's just like no we they we are a resource for those guys but how do we how do we go and make ourselves available to to get to that next level so me me coming into nc state um trying to go and and implement things or at least pat was asking me what what was what did you what, what do they do down there i'm just like dude you're a successful coach now why are you asking me right um but yeah i think that was probably the biggest thing that i i assisted in um I mean, their system now is just lights out. They're they're crushing it on on the recruiting front, uh, competition front, all that stuff. So I, I can't take I can't take credit for for anything. I think that the 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 captain of the ship down there knows what he's doing and, and uh, is is making the the minor adjustments every year to keep that thing keep going. Yeah. Well, I love how just going back to Cole, two things that jump out to me just from hanging out with him. One, he doesn't take himself too seriously, and I love <laughs> that. You know, like everyone's loose and having fun around him. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of us can take ourselves too seriously and it just tighten things up, you know? So coach Cole is, is, a is a man who's just loose and he's flowing, you know, I'm sure he's very serious and very intense. Don't get me wrong, but you know, he doesn't, doesn't let him, uh, consume him. And then I remember one of the first videos I saw on flow was coach Cole talking about the importance of sleep and how he doesn't get his guys up at 5.00 AM. You know, they work out at 10.00 AM cause they don't want to be sleep deprived. I'm like, God, that guy's just he's always learning and he can learn from anyone, you know, and I'm sure yeah. coach pops like that too, but uh, just knowing you got to spend some time with coach Cole and Ithaca in the early 2010s is that it had to be something that jumped out. Yeah. Um, that's a good way to put it. I, I remember my first few months in there. Um, I just kept asking for approval to him. Right. I'm like, Hey, did I do this right? Did I do this right? And finally he's just like, Donnie, to shut up. Like I'll let you know pretty much like if you fail, then you'll fail. And then I'll let you know. And then you have to go and make an adjustment. And then I immediately went back to just sitting there staring at my computer. And then he's just like, well, I didn't tell you to do that. If you don't have anything to do, get the heck out of here. 
Like, <laughs> but don't waste my time in front of me. And then I was just like, all right, I got one. I have to go and, and figure out projects that I, that I want to go and accomplish. And I need to accomplish them well. And uh, if I, if I do it right, then uh, he'll give me a smirk. Like, yeah, good job. You did this. And if I did it not so great, he'd be like, wow, what are you an idiot? Right. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's not how I would do it. Why wouldn't you ask me? Did I text him? Uh, I'm like, I'm like, hey, congrats on the on the new job. Weather's well, gonna be awesome. He's like, no shit. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I still I still use a bunch of his jokes uh, about describing it because like uh, it's a geothermal lake, so it never gets any colder than 65 here. The the entire area around it gets hammered, so but not 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 as good. So it's beautiful here all the time. <laughs> and if you don't know any better, you think he's serious, right? I oh yeah. It took a oh, while yeah. until I figured that that one out. So when you uh, when you got to to NC State in 2017, you're now a uh, full on coach in the sense that you're recruiting. How how big of a difference is that versus the volunteer assistant role for a lot of the young coaches out there now? Oh man, um, yeah, I guess that's what I was kind of directing myself to when, when Coach had that Coach Cole had that smart comment. Uh, Don't waste my time in front of me, right? Like go out and do something, whether it be you getting someone for an individual or. Uh, man, I, I remember my first my first few months, I was still trying to figure it out. They they came out with a super organized list. Like I have to go and get high school duels beforehand. Um, I've got to go and mop the mats. I've got to do these things. Right. I'm on the mat probably five, five hours a day. Um, wow. Like th- this, this is what your job is. And now that's probably seven hours of work. Like, what are you going to do for that last hour? And I was just like, man, how am I going to separate myself? Um, so I was just like, I'm going to write a bunch of letters to all these kids. And that's good. I've kind of run with that. I think that's a foundation of, uh, what, what I, I, I do well. I, I try to make a connection with a kid as many different times or ways as I can. Right. And that was the first big one where coach Cole was like, wow, these letters are having a, a serious effect on, on kids. They, they enjoy hearing what you have to say. And if it's written in hand, that's uh that's something special. So he's just like, good job. Way to come up with that idea. To so recruits or to a, current athletes? To recruits. Yeah, love it, yeah. Love because it, love back it. in the day, I couldn't, I couldn't call them. I couldn't, uh, I didn't really have a, a good understanding of what electronic messaging was. So we, we could email them, but I was just like, is that text as well? That's a weird, that's a weird thing. But the, I knew that the only thing that I, I was able to do without a violation was uh, write letters. So that's what I did every week. And I, uh, I enjoyed doing that. And then the kids, when they came on campus, they're like, dude, we've been getting your letters. This is awesome. Thank you so much. I was just like, yeah, no, that, that is pretty cool. And you, you never know if you're going to be able to reap any of the benefits, right? You're right. 70 letters a week. And then hopefully you, you get, uh, five studs out of it, you know, 10, 10, yeah. 10 a great class with that, that, that amount. That's a lot of, that's a lot of labor to kind of just go in blind with. But if you're th- th- those guys that are volunteer assistants, you know, it, it's grueling. You're expected to be on the mat for a lot of time, but how, how are you going to separate yourself? Everyone, everyone in our job can wrestle, right? They mm-hmm. can always go and teach technique. That's a, that's a diamond dozen, but how do you go and separate yourself? Whether it be marketing or, or yeah, recruiting whatever it may be. And then you can use that any walk of life, right? How are you going to, how are you going to separate yourself? And you know, you've done that in wrestling and in coaching. And if you focus on your coaching approach, what, what were some of the things you learned in the sports psych arena that, that you wish you would have known back then and that you're using now with kids? Uh, yeah, I, I suffer from, uh, I guess, uh, the anxiety, if that's what you want to call it, but, uh, being able to recognize what is happening to you. Um, when you're sitting there and you, you've got butterflies in your stomach, it's not a bad thing, right? Go and redirect it. Um, Kyle, Kyle 
was the first one that I kind of heard it from. It was just like, no, that's a, that's a feeling of war, right? Like you're either going to fight or flight right now. Hopefully you pick the, the, the correct direction or talking to Nick where he, he's just like, yeah, knowing that he, I, or uh, I guess recognizing what he does, right? He's just like, I sit there, I, I go and reset myself every match. I, I make sure I can feel my fingertips. I make sure I can feel my wrists. I make sure I can feel my ankles, my toes. I wiggle on my hips, like getting really in touch with yourself to, recognize what is about to happen right you're you're prepping yourself for a big event this is what you train for be used to all the lead-ups to the situation where i would go and uh i'd be bouncing in the corner i'd be like man i gotta pee and i was just like that's not a good thing most people that have to pee are, are nervous people right mm -hmm. so i must be nervous before i go out here um but yeah just uh i i did some sports psych training my junior year when when i placed and then i kind of chalked it up as well no i guess this is just me being you're a good super now. athlete now you're right I'm, now. I'm just good i i figured it out Right. Um, but uh, yeah, looking back again, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I was just like, yes, I was a very different uh, athlete, right? Talking about myself. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, yeah. And you spent so much time with Gwiz, as you mentioned, your junior year, he was a true freshman and you spent time with him at NC State, I, I would imagine, um, especially after you came back. And, you know, a lot of people who watch college wrestling just assume that the level of freestyle, like the level Gwiz is at, it's just a natural one, but you know, people like you really have an appreciation for how high level those guys are that are meddling every year. I mean, how big of a jump is that from, you know, being a couple time all American to being a couple time world medalist and battling with the, with the Petrus Vili's of the world. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it's uh it's huge. Um, you know, it, it's not sitting here and reinventing the wheel, which a lot of people are just like, wow, this guy's got an X factor where he can cartwheel out of a, a double leg. It's like, no, I've got to go and, progress i've got to refine 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 and what i'm really really good at i'm gonna be this is it um looking at nick he's just like dude i can't stop a a head outside or no i'm sorry in the uh the world medal match he's just like this guy chest locked me he's like it's the simplest situation like i know i have to get my head up i know i have to circle this way i'm gonna go and hit it a thousand times this month and that's what he did and i was just like i can't believe that jump or that 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 focus is be is he's able to maintain that for that long and just no, this is what I have to do. And just, again, have full faith in this is, this is it. Right. And he's dead on, right. He, he knew he had to beat a chest lock and he knew he had to go and beat a head outside. And that's what he focused on for six months. And he's really good at that stuff. Now. Um, they have the self-awareness to do that. So tough. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's really good at getting outside input as well. Um, but he, he never gets taken off course. He's just like, okay, yeah, I'll absorb that. I might take a little bit of it, but I'm not, I know that it might be a little too far-fetched for me, right? I know that I'm not going to be out there going backdoor finishes and, and crazy stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it is a different appreciation for the sport. And to see him from me giving him noogies his freshman year to him being at this, this world level is, uh, is something I can appreciate. Another guy you're working with who's on that world level, the great Yanni D, one of the most exciting wrestlers in the, in the game right now. You're about the same weight as him. So just tell me about your experience working with Yanni at the high level he's at now over the past six to eight months. You don't have any film or anything from us working out, right? No. No. Yeah, no, I, I beat him up pretty good. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a piece of weight cake. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's uh, – dude, he, he's something else. Uh, between me and Kellen, we just sit there and we're just like, man, who wants to take this one today? Um, it's uh, 
he's a competitor, man. You know, when we talk about him, he's just a fat little Greek guy, right? Who doesn't look like too much, but the way he's able to position himself and make you feel awkward all the time is, is a real skill. And I think that uh, him working with Kyle, I think does the same thing, Vito with his hand speed. It's, it's just wild. Uh, I think I'd rather wrestle Yanni than Vito. Vito is just like getting hit with a weed whacker a bunch of Vito's times. Vito's so mean when he wrestles. Yeah. He's the nicest guy outside of that. But you mean you watch him at the Journeyman Duels? I'm like, Vito means business. Yeah, and it, it's like that all the time. And you're just like, what kind of guy am I going to get in 15 second intervals? Right? It's it's always something different. Where Yanni, you know, he's just going to go and he's going to make you feel really uncomfortable. And then when you do something, you're just like, wow, that that hurt or it was just like there was no stopping that i don't know what just happened my leg is over my my head um <laughs> it's uh talk about two different guys two different styles but the same goal they just want to go out and score a lot of points and and uh do it do it to perfection like really really take care of their craft man it, it's uh that that that's it's cool it's cool and they're once in a lifetime specimens right like you, you don't get a, a yanni and a veto in your room every year it's uh it's something the fact that Vito's only high school loss was the Yanni. They both won like 400 some matches. It's just stupid how good those kids are. And you talk about someone who can sprint like Vito sprints. Those 15 second goes are ridiculous. Yeah. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what, all of his mat returns and all of his double hurt just as, uh, as bad as they look on, on camera. <laughs> the one thing I wanted to, uh, to sign off with is you, know, you mentioned coach gray brought you coach Russell, coach Pirelli, Gwizin. Um, you know, obviously Dake's still there, but he brought you guys in under this kind of this shared vision. And I'm just curious, what is that, what is that articulated as and kind of what's your guys' goal as you move forward here? Yeah. Um, he wanted to be able to maintain, uh, a player coach philosophy. So we're, we're sitting in there, we're, we're still young where we can connect with all of our athletes on, on a different level. Uh, we've got kids that are still fairly young. Um, we want to, we really want to be a family unit here, which, uh, he's just like, Hey, I've got two kids. You've got two kids. Kyle's got kids. We want to, we know where we are at our, our point of life, right? Let's, uh, let's go and utilize that. And then when you go and throw someone like a, a Colin Russell, who's a two-time NCAA champ, who I've never talked to. And he's just like, don't worry, you're going to like him. I was just like, I don't know what that means. I don't like anybody really. And he's just like, you guys are, you guys are similar. Right. And then, uh, you know, taking quiz, he's just like, we, we haven't had a, an all American heavyweight, right? Like who, who the heck can we get? That's just going to go and put the, the coaching world on their, their head and quiz, man. He, you know, he, he's, he's a, a great mind for the sport and being a competitor. I think that he's even an even better coach. He, uh, he really enjoys what he's doing right now and what he's doing is, is super impressive. I think that we're going to be able to, to see that in March. Um, but yeah, we'll, so you didn't know Kellen might... Russell being an East coast guy. He's an East coast guy. No, he, he was, he was a Blair guy. And again, I, I never got out of section four because it's awesome. Right. New York section four. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, on the national level, you know, I, I, I wrestled Mike once in high school. He, he beat the tar out of me, but I was never, you know, out, out reaching, reaching out to any of the guys from Blair, right. Blair was just like this really, really cool thing. If you had that, that, uh, that singlet on at Fargo, you're like, Oh dang, I got one of these guys. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then seeing him in the corner with mutton chops or a, a big thick beard, you're just like, man, that guy's, that guy's big time. I don't want him to pull on my head. So I'm going to steer, <laughs> stay clear of him. Um, but when you go and get these guys in a, in a one-on-one, which we were forced to do because we worked together, unfortunately, uh, it's, uh, 
it, it, it's cool to go and get that barrier down. Um, we were actually just talking about it and uh, our first week in there, we were just staring at each other like, hey, Mike said some things. He said that you're like me and I don't really know how to take that because, you know, mo yeah, again, most people aren't like us. And uh, Mike goes and puts us in a, a 10 hour car ride together. And all of a sudden he's like, well, you can start the drive. You've got the playlist. And I plug in my phone and it's just Adele. And he just like looks at me and I'm just like, what, you don't like Adele? And then we're both sitting there karaoke and all the way down through Pennsylvania. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that that's kind of it. And we were just like, oh, wow, we, we, uh, we, we do. We, we are pretty similar and we talking to him he's just like how would your conversation with mike go and just like the conversation we're having now like yeah he told me this vision so that he needed you to to create it and and make it take off and yeah it's uh it's cool stuff and it's really really cool just to keep learning from these people right so kellen kellen comes in and shows his top series i was just like wow that's that's different or you do have a yanni and a mike who are just world-class uh technicians and whatever it may be, listen to Gwiz, uh, continually learning him. He's like, Hey, I just read this book. I recommend it for you since you're, you're a psychopath. And I was like, ah, all right, I'll, I'll take, a, <laughs> take a dive into it. But I think that, uh, between us all, we've got close to 35 years of, of coaching experience, 40 years or something nuts like that. So when we're just like, no, I'm 31, Mike's 33, Colin's 32. We're like, wow, you guys are young. But when you look at the, the whole group picture, it's just like, wow, you guys have been in it for a good bit. And all of us have had success in, uh, I think Mike did a good job of, of getting a big 10 field, ACC field, um, CAA because that's what Bington was. And they were, that was the best conference out there. Um, so are you, uh, your approach is very technically focused in terms of like technician. And is that, is that one of your big areas that you focus on? Um, I also heard your top games nasty. Yeah. I'm really good at on top. I also, I don't like to bet myself too much on the back, but I am good there. I'll squeeze you. I'll pop your eyes out. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know because I've never really considered myself a technician. Um, I'm a big believer in what you did in high school. It's probably what you're going to continue to do in, in college. And I don't think a lot of people should change that. Um, mm -hmm. I can really teach you how to shoot a single leg. I can really teach you how to keep really a solid body position. I can, I'm, I, I think that my, I guess a, a strong trait of mine is to be able to make a connection of what you're trying to picture in your mind for a technique, right? Mm -hmm. Some people are just like, you need to slide your knee this far in where I'm just like, uh, well, you look like a, a silverback out there wrestling. Let's go watch some silverback gorilla film. You're like, they've got some, they, you see them hand fight They're They're nasty. Mm -hmm. This is what you need to be. But I think making it, a, making it playful, um, making the guys laugh to keep them, you know, youthful and, and enjoying the thing that they're, they're here for, for the next four years. I think that's uh that's important. Um, wrestling sucks. It's, it's a, it's a grind and you don't want to come in and just hate what you're doing every single day. So I try to keep it, um, different you know i think there's there's a lot to be said about having a, a schedule and a game plan but no one likes to just sit there and eat pbjs every single day you know mm -hmm. just keep keep the drills different keep uh keep the keep the mood light keep the keep the negative energy out right that stuff's all contagious you don't want one bad guy coming in and, and bringing the energy level down um so it's it's real positive or it's a really important to find that one guy and be like hey what do you need today let's go uh, right how, how can i get you to that that energy level to to not get one, get the tar kicked out of it because this is a really tough room. And two, just to scrape something out, out of it. Right. Um, every day of practice, you know, we, we end it with uh, those guys jogging and, and all the coaches are out there giving high fives. We know that they just put it out there. There's some evidence, right? Like there's some, some of your sweat literally right there on the mat. So you guys, you guys are doing it and we're going to, we're a young staff too. So we're, we're doing it all together. We're going to figure it out. And, uh, I, yeah, the, the guys in here, they're, they're putting a lot of faith in what we're, we're trying to do right now. And I, I think that we, uh, 
we're, we're headed towards the right path and these guys are enjoying it. Right. They, they're just like, dang, I'm happy to have a, a season this year. Right. We, we did, we were in the dark last year. There was no order or anything like that. And then you guys come in, and, you know, you are playful guys that like to wrestle and make it fun. And hopefully that's the, the path that we can continue. It's clear from the sideline, man. It's just looking at uh, you guys, the staff sitting all together. It's like, man, what a what a cool coaching staff. And, and to your point, a lot of programs are, you know, you look at Oklahoma State's Iowa. A lot of the guys in that staff were either just wrestled there, right? And so they only experienced that program. And so you guys, like you said, you got the Big Ten feel. Kellen's coming from Sean Bormet, very different than Coach Gray. You're coming from, you know, Coach Pop. Again, very different. So it's just such a cool melting pot and I'm very envious to, to be a fly on the wall in those rooms and just see how you guys interact. And um, obviously we, we haven't really talked about it, but Dake's still around too. And I mean, what a, a, just a world of knowledge he has about many facets of the game. So it's a, uh, it's awesome. And I couldn't be happier that, you know, Cornell stepped up and you know, after coach Cole left, brought all you guys in. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask you about is just in general, you know, when you, when you kind of take a step back, how is, you know, we always end with how has wrestling changed your life, but what have been some of the big, big um, takeaways for you just over the past, you know, 15, 20 years in the sport? Uh, you know what, with the, the name of the podcast and everything, I should have known this question was going to come. <laughs> um, we don't always ask it because at the beginning, it was a little cheesy to ask at the end of everyone, but you have such a unique perspective on life. I, uh, I think you'd give us a, a unique answer here. So I figured I'd ask you or just maybe one big takeaway or, or why you love it. Um, I would say that, uh, no matter how much you love something, there's, there's, it's not going to be easy, right? Whether you're in a relationship with a, a girl and you're trying to make things work, or if you're out in the real world, right. Uh, try, trying to strive and, 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 uh, make, make a living. I think that, uh, if you love something, you're willing to, uh, to go through the, the ups and downs with it. And wrestling is a perfect example of that. Right. And we talked about it, me, me going, taking third and then being a rest with my hands behind my back to two and a half hour or 24 hours later right it's uh <laughs> you, wrestling trains you to be able to handle that stuff um you know sometimes things just keep snowballing right you, you go and hit a, a six mass lock match loss streak and uh you know you're only halfway through your year how are you going to go and rebound for these last 15 matches are you going to keep letting it take you this way um and this is a, a brutally honest sport sometimes you don't get out and you know, fortunately enough, most situations in life aren't like this, right? This is, yeah. this is the, this is the top tier of it. Um, but yeah, you know, and then from a coaching standpoint, I do love it. Right. And it, it's also emotional, but I'm not the only one going through it. I'm not just an athlete anymore. I've got everyone in, uh, in my team, everyone in our bubble that's associated with us. We're just like, man, we're taking this together. How are we getting out with it together? What are we, what are we doing? What's our, what's our next step? What's the game plan? Are we just going to sit here and sulk? Are we going to actually analyze everything and, uh, come up with an appropriate attack. It's uh, it, it just trains you, it trains you for life in general. I love how you said, just because you love something, don't expect it to be easy. And it, it, relationships are such an interesting point. Cause you think it's, you, when you think about things that are hard in life, you think, yeah, maybe my job will be hard. Maybe, you know, definitely wrestling will be hard, but you just think that the relationship bucket's just going to be going on as it is, but dude, it's just as hard, if not harder than anything else we've talked about. Yeah. I'll tell you, you know what, my, uh, my wife is awesome, right? I'm on the road a lot. And uh, she calls me up the other day and I'm like, what are you doing? She's just like, I'm trying to justify eating for our daughter. She's like, she just wants a brownie. She went and cooked brownies. She's all pumped up to eat these brownies. And uh, I'm like, well, what's for dinner? She's like a taco. And then she's just like, that's it. I, I need to hang up on you. And uh, she goes and hangs up. 
she calls me a few hours later maybe it was the next day and I was just like so how'd the taco fiasco go and uh she's just like well I got her to eat the taco but I instead of me sitting here and trying to force time out or anything like that I had to go and justify it. I'm like Darcy if you go and eat your taco you're gonna become big and strong and be able to help dad in the wrestling room and then you can go and eat your brownie so she went and gobbled eats her eats her uh, taco and then she immediately starts asking am I big and strong yet uh, like, man but uh, just just to get that little little thing done right the simple task of eating a taco in five minutes could go and take a half hour right kids, oh kids aren't God. easy wrestling's not easy but uh it's uh being in the situation right like uh, yeah it's it's just part of it part just take, of it, it, take it on the chin donnie yeah. vincent thank you so much for your time my friend it's been an honor you're the man and i uh, wish you guys the best of luck this season thank you ryan i really appreciate uh, hopping on here This episode is brought to you by Spartan Combat. The Spartan Combat Nationals are returning to Jacksonville, Florida this April 8th through the 10th. Wrestle a different style each day at the Spartan Combat Nationals. Register now at SpartanCombat.com.